Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by my holy trinity, Mr. Jesse Baker, Mr. Wex Breaking Lawson. Boys, how we living today. Dude, it is crazy. We're recording during the fucking daytime. It is different. Wexley's still popping the little hazy thing over there, I see. Love it. Love it. Wex hey, that's what you gotta do when you're unemployed, you know? Drinking during the daytime. Uh, yeah, there you go. Gets me in trouble, always. <laughs> always. Yeah, same. I gotta go pick up my son from first grade today. Uh, I'm an old man. That's the way it works, yeah. I'm an old man around here. Speaking of things that are old... We're going only back five years, not too old, uh, to Battleground uh, from 2016 versus AEW's Fight for the Fallen. We're also going to talk about Homecoming a little bit, too. Um, I'm excited, but before we do, we got to get to the current events, boys, the current events. And I don't think there's any bigger headline right now other than The Fiend, Mr. Bray Wyatt, was released by the WWE uh, this past week. Wow. 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 I mean, the, the, the reports out there are basically that it was a, um, he's been kind of going through some mental health issues and has been not in the right state of mind and has been asking for his release for quite some time now. Um, Jesse, you got any insight on that? I mean, the other thing that they're saying is that they fired Jojo, his baby mama, quite some time ago. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm sure that that probably plays into it to some degree. But I mean, sure. you get to a point where the gimmick went away kind of it sort of died there wasn't a lot of places to go with it and then you bring alexa in and she basically is that gimmick now and i'm right. sure that that's kind of a hard place for him not to mention if i'm looking at the competition i wouldn't want to fucking be there either yeah yeah i mean i agree i think that uh you know he's already teasing the cult of Wyndham on instagram so we'll see what happens with that it'll be very interesting to see since, uh, you know, Hangman's kind of trying to distance himself from the Dark Order, especially with Brody Lee there and being that attachment, it would be really cool to see, you know, Wyndham Rotunda come in as the new head of the Dark Order. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Wex, what do you think about this whole Wyatt business? Hey, I think it's dumb as hell that WWE would let someone like him with so much star power and yeah. such, such a great wrestler, such a creative mind, just to let him go. And I'm sure he's thinking like, hey, look at Malachi Black. He's actually getting to do what he wanted to do with his character now. That's probably very appealing to a lot of wrestlers. Yeah, he's also a top five merchandise seller for the past decade for WWE. Dude, think about this. That's crazy. Could, That's crazy. Somehow secure Wyatt, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, like those are some of their biggest merch sellers of all time. And Of all time. Competition yeah. is going to have them. Yep. Besides Stone Cold, who else has done shit like CM Punk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, if you take out the the Mount Rushmore WWF guys like you know Taker, uh, Stone Cold, and The Rock, like those Hogan. three, and Hogan. Yeah, you take those out. Oh, and then of course Cena. You know, those are like yeah. the five guys. Like if you take those away, pretty much the other top earners would be Daniel Bryan, uh, CM Punk. I mean, Bray, you got to throw Bray. I that actually kind of stunned me when I found out that he's like the number three top grossing guy for the past ten years. That, like, and he's only been in, in WWE since 2013. Well, so that's the, really the past like seven or eight years. Like because the merch look, it was great. It was like it, yeah, was, it was different. It was, really it was cool. cool. Not to mention AEW has been quite intelligent about the merch thing. It's a company that was built off a bunch of dudes who made their money on the indies off of merchandise, so it shouldn't surprise anybody. Colt Cabana uh, and the Young Bucks, those are like the fucking merch guys. The like, indie guys, yeah, yeah. The Sting thing, they justified his contract within probably two weeks. Off of just the merchandise that he sold. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, and it was cool. It looked like it was pre, it was cool Sting merch for the first time in like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, WWE Sting merch was whack. I it actually was so bought, bad. I bought a shirt from Walmart, a Sting WWE shirt. It just had his face like in the background, like the scorpion. It was like the coolest thing ever. But they put it at Walmart. The stuff <laughs> on WWE Shop was trash, but that shirt was sick. Oh my goodness, my goodness gracious! The only other real headline um, I can think about is the Adam Cole thing. You know, his contract is coming up, and the rumor is that he's turned down three deals so far. So you gotta wonder, like, it's obviously not about the money at that point. I'm really thinking that I think he wants to stay in WWE, but I think he wants some more creative control, and I think that he's trying to to hatch that. I don't maybe that won't happen, but uh, thoughts on Adam Cole, Jesse? I think maybe he's just trying to make them kind of shake their knees a little bit so he can kind of call his own shots, which is highly intelligent and is exactly what I would do if I was in his, like he knows that the top brass love him. Yeah. So, I mean, he's in a unique position there. I would hate 
to see him on the main roster, quite frankly. I really hope that he does jump ship because I think he's a much larger star elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that they need to push him like a like a star. I think, but I do think that if he somehow manages to negotiate, um, if he somehow manages to negotiate that deal and gets a way for him to kind of have more control over how he's booked, then I think that we're. I mean. I mean, I think if he does get a main roster push, it'll work. You know what I mean? Like, if he's if he's pushed properly on the main roster, he can be a big star in WWE. Actually, what? Well, well, I think I agree, dude. Main roster for Adam Cole was just a fucking death wish. Like, it's no point for him to do it. It makes all the sense in the world. All of his friends, his fucking girlfriend, wife, whatever you want to call it, she wrestles for AEW. I mean, it just it'd be dumb. For him not to do that. And the fact that they fucked up so bad that didn't realize his contract was, like, not up. Like, that should tell you right there. They're a terrible company. It's crazy, too, because with his contract being up, it's not like he got released. So there's no non-compete. He could literally just – he could, like, do a taping for NXT and be on AEW the next night. And that would be insane. Pull Lex Luger? Yeah. Like, what if he go, and what if he even like, what if he, they, they even like book him like, Hey, you know what? You beat Kyle O'Reilly on NXT. And then you just show up in Jacksonville the next night and you've signed with AEW. And last thing we saw was you on the sci-fi network beating up Kyle O'Reilly. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, but here's, here's the other thing to think about. I mean, it's a natural evolution of a feud for him and Omega. Oh yeah. For oh sure. yeah. That's been literally, that story goes all the way back from when Adam Cole was the Ring of Honor champion and it was the Bullet Club struggle. Yeah. The whole thing, man. I mean, that, it, it, there's so much money in that, for it's sure. It's all there. We did it's get some there. more news about another AEW signing this morning, if you saw. I did not see it. Oh, uh, Ru- Ruby? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, Ruby okay. Soho. She's yeah. going to be in the women's division, which she's a good wrestler, so that'll definitely help them out. I'm there for that. I'm there for that. We did get news about another release last week that I feel was pretty significant. Uh the man himself, Mr. Rick fucking Flair. Oh yeah. yes, Rick Flair. He requested his release, actually. Yeah, I, and I think that that's. Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious that they're going to try to put the four horsemen back together in AEW as I like. Mean, come fucking on, come why on. Why would you like, not? Yeah. I mean, do they, it, do they own? Do, does Rick Flair and them own the four horsemen, or does WWE own it? I believe WWE owns the four horsemen, but I mean, all you got to do, I mean, just put the four guys in the ring and have them hold up the fingers. They don't have to say four horsemen. You know what I mean? They like just call it, the horse, they can just say the horsemen. Yeah. yeah or whatever. They yeah. always find a way around it. Yeah. yeah. As long as they don't call it fortune again, I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, speaking of that, I was at the great escape and they had a fortune t-shirt. Oh my God. And you didn't buy it. Nah, it was a double XL. No. Of course. Yeah. Well, before the, we move on to the shows, I do want to acknowledge uh, Mr. Bobby Eaton passed away. Big, big uh, thoughts and condolences to his family. Obviously, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. Uh, one of the Singles greatest. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the greatest in-ring technicians. Period. Um, Watch his match against Ric Flair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not disparaging it, but I mean, I will say, like, he's you know well known as being probably one of the. I, I think that he helped write the book on what good tag team pro wrestling is. Period. Oh, absolutely. He's he's he's. Yeah. Not, not only was he a great wrestler, I think he's like a pioneer and a creator of what really works in tag team pro wrestling. And I, I value that. I think it's great. RIP Bobby Eaton. Um, yeah. So let's move on to the show here. Let's, well, let's we did have two more to note. Oh, two more to note. Okay. Knock them out. Jody Hamilton, unfortunately, also passed away earlier this week. Right. And uh, obviously a legend throughout the territories and beyond. And we have to acknowledge it. Burt Prentice also passed away here within the last couple of weeks. We are a podcast based in Tennessee. Therefore, we are required to acknowledge the contributions that have been made by Prentice over time. I've seen a lot of shows that that dude put on, discovered a lot of talent because of those shows. Totally. So Let's get right into the show here. It's WWE Battleground 2016. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. So there was a pretty cool opening package here. Uh, it was kind of long, and it was a weird one with the flags for Battleground. Kind of strange. Oh, yeah. uh, and then the opening match itself is not the best in the world. It's Charlotte Flair and Dana Brooke versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Thought it was super sloppy. Way too long. Wasn't really good at all. I expected significantly better from at least three out of four of these women. 
Um, did not did not live up to any kind of hype that it could have had, especially with how much talent's in the ring. Uh, I gave it one beer. Um, Jesse, where are you at on this tag team women's match? It was two beers for me. I mean, I <clears throat> I agree on a lot of those points. Obviously, I don't expect a goddamn thing from Dana Brooke this day and age. Looking right. back at it, it's hard to as well. Uh, I think Charlotte carried the match. Banks, you could tell, was like hyper energy and really wanted to try and, and prove herself. And Bailey, you know, Bailey's still straight up NXT at that time. She was one of the last to come up of her peer group. So like this appearance, you, the, the crowd popped like a motherfucker because they'd all expected her to come before. But it didn't really translate in the ring all that much. I mean, there were some cool spots. I don't know. It was worth two beers to me. Wex, where are you at on that women's tag team match? Yeah, like, kind of uh, taking off of both of you said, it was all right. It wasn't a barn burner. It wasn't a match classic. It was. It is what it is. Like you said, you still had some pretty, like, like just like you said, this was Bailey's one-time appearance before her official main roster call-up. And I know this whole show they kept talking about, this is the last show before the brand extension. Yeah, and everybody's about to be going their separate ways. And yeah, one thing it's weird at this point, Charlotte technically had broken uh, Brie. Is it Brie or Nikki Bella? One of theirs. Their reigns were the longest women championship reign at the time. But yeah. technically, Charlotte's was between the Divas title transitioning into the women's right. title, so they didn't like acknowledge it. Which I thought that was kind of weird because it's still a pretty good accomplishment right i think they want to keep the i think because of the relationship with the bellas they want to keep that divas title reign being as long yeah keep it with it makes sense that way but yeah let's uh let's keep it rolling here the next uh next little yeah i gave it a beer by the way a beer okay so yeah we're in the same boat so we're all kind of in the same boat jesse was a little more generous which is a little crazy let's uh (laughs) let's move on here uh, we'll just keep it rolling on this show. We got a Bray Wyatt booty is all it is. I think Bray Wyatt New Day segment. <laughs> good lord, uh, it was good. This little uh, package for New Day and and Wyatt family was good. It was cheesy, but it was good. Um, I man, the match here is obviously the New Day versus the Wyatt family. We are seeing Braun Strowman instead of um, Luke Harper here. I think he was actually injured at the time, but anyway, um, I, man, I still think that Woods is the best. Like acting performer in the new day. Like, I think that he is still the, the absolute best. I thought that like, this was a very WWE style match, which is great when it's well-performed and the bell to bell was okay, but there was some really good moments between woods and Bray. And yes, even though it's like real cheesy and like, obviously there's not like actual voodoo happening in a professional wrestling ring. I thought both guys did such a really good job of trying to, suspend that disbelief that it worked for me. And I thought that this match was actually pretty good considering, um, I mean, I didn't really expect a whole lot from, from Rowan and Strowman. Um, but what, what they did do in the ring wasn't bad. It was booked really well. Whoever laid this out as an agent was really, did it really well. I think, um, I remembered and enjoyed this storyline. I gave it, uh, three beers, solid three beers from me right there in the middle. Uh, I, I pretty, pretty well enjoyed this. Uh, Wex, where you at on new day versus, um, the Wyatt family. I'm literally right there with you, right in the middle, a three-pack, three beers for this one. And it was just kind of weird that they had this match because watching some of the video packages and kind of going back and researching the feud, like a few weeks before this, they had that uh, the comp- the Wyatt Compound match. Yes. Uh-huh. And I feel like that should have been like the blow-off to the feud, but I guess this, like, this, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, the pacing yeah. of the match, you're supposed to, you're not going to have some crazy like gimmick match in the middle of the feud. I don't know. Seemed yeah. weird, but like you said, the entering stuff is pretty cool. And it's crazy to think that one, the entire Wyatt team, nobody is with WWE anymore. Period. Yeah, that's crazy. That entire team has been released. Yeah. It's which is fucking crazy to think because at that time they were like hot top shit. Like the Wyatt family was one of the hottest things in WWE. Like, have you ever been to a, did you ever go to a WWE live event during the heyday of the Wyatts when you would yes. get the Fireflies? Like, yes. I went to a – what a Survivor Series, the Wyatts versus Kane and the Undertaker. Like, that yeah. – being, being in that arena with that, like, they were hot shit. That's crazy to think they're just all gone now. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And we'll actually get to more of that on this show. Uh, Jesse, where are you at in the, on this match, though? Man, you know, I normally don't like six-man matches for the most part, but I I thought it was booked well to make the Wyatts look yeah. strong. It kept Strowman really protected, and I got to say, Strowman bumped like a wild man. Yeah. And so there were a couple of really crazy over-the-top rope spots, and I was like, God damn, son. Um, yeah. I thought New Day, obviously, over as a motherfucker. 
Woods was way over near the finish. That crowd yeah. was insane for it. Yeah. I gave it four beers. Wow. Okay. I don't, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I mean, it was solid three beer on that. Um, it looks like Jesse's just giving beers away here today, though. I mean, good Lord. Just loving it. Loving, loving Jesse's <laughs> love. <laughs> loving all these matches, man. It's very rare for... Uh, for Jesse to give WWE matches, especially in this era, um, such shining reviews. But I'm here for it. Let's jump over here to AEW Fight for the Fall. And uh, I thought we actually had a cool and like separate opening package. I complained before about this having like yep. the TV specials and not doing something different for the package. But I, I'm glad they made the adjustment after listening to our show, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And the first match on the card here is the Dark Order versus the Super Elite. Um Jesse, I'm going to let you lead this one, man. What do you think about Dark Order versus Super Elite? Okay, so the entrances told the entire story quite well, I thought. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the match was almost – when I say the match was secondary, please don't misunderstand what I mean. I'm not saying the work was bad. I'm just saying the entrances said everything. You had a very triumphant, very facey entrance from Paige and the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, the super corporate evil fucking elite, you know, over the top. Like, we're going to just – glutton for punishment take all of our time entrance from the super elite and i mean to me that's the story of the whole fucking thing uh i felt like it was really long which bothered me at first until i watched the pacing of the rest of the show and then it really didn't bother me as much it was clearly planned in such a way that was going to kind of piggyback off of that which i thought was really great i thought john silver had an opportunity to look wonderful got a lot of his shit in i know he got taken out in an unceremonious fashion but i still thought he looked good uh, I think the plan with Adam Page, from what I can see right now, is they're going to DDP him. They're going to yeah. you know, put him in that role, and where now he's gone, you know, he's away from Dark Order, and he doesn't need nobody, and yada yada yada. When he eventually kicks out of the One Winged Angel and wins the title, it's going to be like the biggest moment in the history of AEW. I uh, think they're switching gears with him now. I think it's probably going to be Miro, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I gave it. I gave it four beers, but. Four beers. Solid, solid there for sure. I'm actually in the three and a half beer camp for me. Um, I thought it was good. Callus on commentary is always a treat for sure. Um, and it was great for the fans there. Uh, lots of entertainment, lots of gaga. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it was steady back and forth. And the ring work was good. Um, I think that it, had I booked it, I would have had the entire Dark Order kind of take an L. And then have Paige beat pretty much everybody else until Omega. Uh, and then have just Omega just absolutely stomp him. I think that that would have been more telling if I would have booked it. But I didn't hate this. I, again, I, l- I love the match itself. It was literally just a preference and booking. I, w- I was three and a half beers on it for me. Wex, where are you at on this one? I rated it a little bit higher than both of you, but not much. I went four and a half. And I enjoyed, like just like Jesse said, the entrances, like everything. Yeah. Like, And I loved yeah. how Kenny Omega looked like he didn't know how to dribble. Yeah. But then he was making shots, and then I was debating this with a couple different people during the match where they did the indie taker to dunk and miss the dunk. Yeah. Like I was arguing with my friend, like, no, he missed it on purpose. Like to be an asshole, I was like, no, he didn't miss it on purpose. And we were like going back and forth, and we still can't figure out if it was a miss on purpose or I think he just fucked up. Oh, he definitely, he definitely, he he definitely just messed up. He definitely. But it made it, it made it better. It made it much better. I agree. And like the fact they were all wearing fucking Jordans, all wearing the Space Jams. And if you watch BTE, like uh, Matt had to buy two pairs because the pair that he ordered didn't make it in time. And they're talking about how, yeah, fuck you, you know, we we overpay for our shoes on StockX. (laughs) Fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, Great match though. Just like kind of a group. Jesse said like. Silver, a couple of the Dark Order got, like, dude, Stu Grayson, that guy got some fucking shine. Yeah, for sure. Stu Grayson fucking killed it. Like, I know we can do that type of shit, but not your average fan. He hasn't really got to get let loose on right. AWTV like that. Yeah. And I like I like the way it ended because the, the, the Super Elite still won, but they had to just cheat and cheat, cheat, cheat to do Hangman. And I know what you said about Miro. I disagree because Miro is also... I think everyone, Miro's like a stone cold face right now. He's supposed to be a heel that everyone's cheering the hell out of him. So I think it'll be him. He has to face like a baby face. Maybe he'll take it from Hangman. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it works. We'll see how it works out. Let's jump back over here to 2016. The next match on the card is Rusev versus Zack Ryder for the United States Championship. Uh, I thought it was a decent little match. Should have probably been on Raw or SmackDown, honestly. Uh, but it wasn't really bad bell to bell. Uh, the booking was just kind of dumb, and both guys are kind of better off now that they have control over their own careers. 
overall, I didn't hate it, uh, but it did feel like, why put this on a pay-per-view? I don't know. Um, I only gave it two beers, so that's kind of where I was at on it. Um, Jesse, what would you think about Rusev versus Zack Ryder here for the U.S. title? Couple decent rider spots. The match layout made no sense. I thought it would have been best as just uh, Rusev fucking squashing the fuck out of him. Uh, that would have made more sense to me. Also, yeah. watching Rusev back down from fucking Mojo Raleigh was very strange to me. Yeah. I thought that buried the whole lead. I gave it a beer and a half only because I like both guys. It wasn't really about the match. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Wex, what you had on this one? Rusev versus Zack Ryder. Initially, I had this rated to like 2.75 beers. Actually, it was probably about a three beer. And then Zack Ryder's, the new version of his song really sucked. It really pissed me off. It's even worse than the other version. So I was upset about that. And then the match itself, whatever. But the post-match angle, like no wonder Mojo Riley has just had no momentum ever since he came to the main roster. That was like one of his first big moments. And I didn't understand. Like he put him, he did nothing. He was just yelling in Rusev's face. Like he didn't hit him like punch him or anything he just yelled at him as he it just it was just dumb as fuck i was like this is your friend you're supposed to come in you gotta gotta whoop his ass not just sit there and yell at rusev like it just made mojo Riley look dumb it made rusev just look like what the fuck what the fuck is this dude who is this guy it was just very stupid so i ended up just giving <coughs> ended up giving it just one and a half beers because of that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little, uh, I got a little allergies going on. Had a little drainage. Had a little dead out my throat. Yeah, but, I had, uh, to, had to clear yeah. that out. <laughs> I agree with Miro and uh, now Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder and Rusev, are definitely better off in their careers now. I mean, hell, Ryder is a fucking world champion deathmatch legend. Rusev's yeah. God's chosen champion. I mean, these guys are doing great. Yeah, they're killing it. They're killing it right now for sure. Um, speaking of killing it, let's hop back over here to Fight for the Fallen. Ricky Stark segment with uh, tons of production. Um, I thought it was great. I thought I thought that they – I thought that – I think Ricky's finally starting to come into his own. I like what they're doing between him and Cage. I think it's going to have a lot of legs. They can run on it for quite some time, and I'm into it. Um, the match here is FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. Man, I got to wonder now that Impact and AEW are like bedfellows if Santana and Ortiz will go back to the LAX brand, uh, especially kind of with Conan being in there again now. And by the way, it's like, did the inner circle just dissolve? Like, is that what happened? Or like, is that Ooh, still, still a thing part time? Or like, they're still yeah. the inner circle. Conan's just a homie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I also, too. Yeah, also, too, like, this match was phenomenal. I mean, it's like I don't have a whole lot of notes because it was just really damn good. I mean, great tag team work. Santana specifically, I thought, really, really, really shined in this match. Uh, um, and I honestly, I think that little – the botch with the forearm and the blood, like, I think that that kind of added to the drama of the match. I think it was a mistake that helped even push the angle further. Four and a half beers from me. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Wex, give, me, give it to me. What do you think about FTR versus Santana on Ortiz here? I was very close to you, about a beer shorter than you, three and a half beers. Like you said, fantastic match. Like Santana and Ortiz, just like they they look fantastic. They look like they were in a lot better shape too. Like they'd been on some different type of diet or some shit because they looked real yeah. lean and muscular though. They didn't because it used to be a little thicker and they just looked leaner and faster. I think and Jr. Yeah. Jr. always mentions shit like that on commentary, which is great. I love that from Jim Ross. And yeah. that like you said, that little cut thing, like it did make it more intense because it was like. It wasn't necessarily a botch. It was just like a shoot fucked up cut, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it yeah. was like – it was real bad, and it made it more tense because then now it's sort of like a handicap match. And is, is Frank right. going to be okay? Even though we know Doc Sampson's going to take care of him, it just adds that extra layer of intensity to the match. So, yeah, it was really good. Three and a half beers. Yeah, I mean this is actually my match of the night on the show for sure. Uh -huh. um, I don't know about you guys, but this is my match of the night. Jesse, where are you at on it? I mean – I'm just saying, I really thought that just the intensity of the entrance, like the the entire presentation of both guys, like like both teams just being so fucking hype and so into it and so ready to roll. FTR being suited and booted with the pinnacle and then Santana and Ortiz walking in looking better than they ever have. Like, and, you know, they're never going to be more intense than they are with Conan by their side. There's just something right. different about the way yeah. that comes across. Uh, great tag team dynamic. A lot of the movements were brutal. It's, uh, you know, I hate to see that accidental injury at the end. 
that was hard to watch kind of. I don't know if you guys saw slow-mo clips of like where he snapped his arm in the hook of the turnbuckle or whatever, but it's he tore the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He like yeah. ripped it his arm. It's not brutal. really a cut. It's like a rip. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I gave it five beers. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah, man. Really, really good match. Um, speaking of pretty good matches, let's hop back over here to 2016. Uh, we got Foley and Steph and Rollins with the promo in the back. Um, obviously, it's a great promo. Um, and then there's a package for the longest running feud in the history of professional wrestling. I'm I can pretty certain I can say that it's Sami Zayn versus Owens. I try to keep myself in the time frame, though, and it's like this is still pretty fresh into their main roster run. And it's definitely fresh to the audience because they were really hot for the match. I mean, they were really hot for this match. I, I thought it was a really great match. It always is. I mean, the the drama that those dudes build up, and they just beat the shit out of each other, man. Like, you could just tell that it's like, the closer you are as friends, like, I mean, they're just beating the living hell out of each other. They're pulling nothing. That brain buster on the apron was sick. I um, love it, dude. Some insane false finishes in this match, too, that, that really got me. Solid-ass match, boys. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also a four-beer match to me. Really, really liked this one. Jesse, where are you at on Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens in 2016? I mean, I can't say anything bad about any Zayn-Owens match at all. I thought commentary put the match over fucking fantastically. Yep. There were a couple of slippery slippery little Iggy whatever, but uh, I thought listening to JBL sell the guys stealing the show, I was like, yeah. of all the dudes— you know, yeah. that didn't sound produced to me either. No, um, I feel like he genuinely felt that way. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's difficult to see Zayn hit his shoulder that way nowadays. But, I mean, 19 minutes of a fucking great match on this show in 2016 was a great move on their part. I gave this one five beers, too. Nice, nice, nice. Well, you got Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, Wex. <coughs> I thought this, this was definitely my match of the night for this pay-per-view. This, this I went just a little bit higher than Jesse. My match of the night. I know what you're going to go for match of the night, but this is my match of the night. Five and a half beers, and this was a fucking sick match. Like, Yeah, really good match. And that brain buster, dude, <laughs> fucking so sick. And Jesse, a few of those little slip-ups, one of those, they they sold it and saved it so well. I don't even think it really counted as a slip-up because they're just so fucking good and fluid with how they work. And like you said – this was early in their main roster run, so this is really only their second main roster pay-per-view match with Payback being the first one. And I think this was fucking way better than the Payback match. They really had, like you said, the crowd made it so much more intense. I love these two wrestlers. They're probably two of my favorite in the WWE. I would love one day to see them out of the WWE, to see the possibilities of all their buddies in AEW doing some crazy shit. I want to see some old Ladder War 4 ROH type stuff, but yeah, great match. Yeah, it was really good. I I thoroughly... My match of the night. If you want to go watch a match from WWE 2016, watch Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. That's fair. I'm not mad at it. That's for sure. Um, I was a little mad at this next match on AEW Fight for the Fallen, though. Um, There was an announcement before the match that was massive for Rampage. And uh, Darby in the back with the quote-unquote best-in-the-world promo that's now a little infamous on the internet. Very cool. I don't even know if that's... I don't know if that's just literally planting a seed or if it's just something silly or if it's just a way to market the show. It might just could be nothing. Um, Dude, but, yeah. It's, it's happening. It's something. You know, I think it's, I think it's something. I mean, yeah, I think it's something for sure. Um, but, so, all right. Jesse, help me out with this name again. I can't pronounce it properly. Hukuleo? Is that right? Hukuleo. Hikuleo versus Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Championship. I mean, it's just big man meat slapping match. It wasn't really bad. It was short and sweet. I gave it two beers. Um, I was grateful for that it was short, and so that should tell you enough. Um, crowd was super, super hot for Archer, though, like surprisingly. Like, look, I like Lance Archer, but, man, he's super over, like way more than I expected him to be. Um, wow. Good for him. Hopefully he enjoys this run. I think this is probably peak career years for him. So yeah, man, two beers for me. Jesse, where are you at on this, uh, this IWGP United States championship match? I gave it three only because first off the pop for fucking Tonga was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hikaleo, you know, the crowd was into it because of Tonga. I thought that was incredibly smart to make sure that you introduce the dad first. He's got the bullet club swag on like the crowd was into yeah. it based on that. Not so much because they're familiar with Hikaleo, I don't think. 
Archer, gosh, like I was very surprised by how the crowd sounded when he yeah, was like wow, like, like, I, I, it immediately took me aback. And then, I mean, the match, yeah, the match wasn't great. Uh, I thought Lance did a lot of pretty cool stuff. I don't yeah. think Kaleo was ready for that stage quite yet, but I still gave it right in the middle. I mean, it was short. It accomplished what it needed to accomplish. And then, obviously, you know, the ramifications are going to lead into Archer going on into uh, Tanahashi, which is sick. Yeah, it's going to be sick for sure. Yeah, man. Wax, what do you think about Hikaleo versus uh, Archer here? Just, I kind of agree with kind of both you, both of what you guys said. It it was good for what it was, a big man match. Nothing too out of this world, nothing crazy and fancy. But Lance Archer is over like Rover right now. Sure. And I want to compare him to the Impact version of, you know, Crazy Steve and Impact, who is just for some reason over as fuck, which I can't understand why he's over. I understand why Archer's over. But, like, two wrestlers that we didn't think were that over are just fucking rousing them. Yeah. But I understand why Archer is over, though. He actually, like, makes sense. Like, his whole look and thing, and he's different. Crazy Steve is just it's just fucking lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, bud, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. I mean, he's a good wrestler. But You're a great yeah, wrestler, great worker, but bad gimmick. Sorry. But Lance Archer, yeah, killed it. Nice, sweet, and short. I like the... The blackout, you know, like how tall people, he has to put them on the rope and set it up. It's not, it works it out. Because, you know, sometimes there's those moves where someone can't do it on someone big, but I like how right. he can adjust it and make it work on anybody, which is still yeah. good because he's a big, strong motherfucker. And I kind of agree with you. I feel like this is peak career Lance Archer. He yeah. may, may be world champion. I don't, I feel like he's we'll on see. the cusp of like we'll see. a world title guy. Yeah. Maybe you can see him winning like the Impact world title. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about a I don't know about the AEW or like the New Japan. I don't know if he's like that. You know, there's like world title tiers here. We understand sure, how. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Two and a half beers. It was pretty solid. Nice, nice. I gave so that extra half beer for King Haku. Yeah. Uh, Man. I mean, something else that I kind of expected more out of and was pretty let down by is the next match here on Battleground. Um, we did get a little pre-show panel between the matches, and there's like a little recap for Breezango. Versing uh, the Ultimate Warrior versions of the Usos with the face paint and all the neon stuff. Um, but yeah, the match here is Natalia versus Becky Lynch. And this is very much pre the man gimmick. This is Beck still kind of doing the whole steampunk thing. And I never really Last got week. into that. I Last never. Yeah, I just. Right. Uh, I just I wasn't really into it with the goggles. I just it wasn't. I don't know. The work felt decent, but not great. And I was honestly, I just not ever really been invested in the character of Natalia. Um, it wasn't the worst, but it just fell flat to me. Um, also, having Becky tap out felt like a bad booking decision. I don't know. I, I gave it two beers and I felt like that was being kind of generous. Um, Wex, where, where are you at with Natalia versus Becky Lynch here? Eh, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I went yeah. 1.5 brewskis on this one. Like you said, this was not peak Becky Lynch, but honestly, I liked Becky Lynch when she wore like really bad gear and had the steampunk stuff going on. But yeah, not me. I've just never been a big fan of Natalia. She's always just kind of like she thinks she's bigger than she actually is in her head. She thinks she's like this fucking legend and like she's pretty yeah. cool. She's done some stuff, but I feel like she she has too big of this image of herself in like wrestling for some reason. And just, I've, I've always been thrown off. Like now it kind of makes sense. She's been around for a while, but she had this cocky. I'm the best, whatever, like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. She's never been, doing been a big so fan long, of that too. shit, but yeah. One point fizzy brewskis on this one. It is what it is. Becky Lynch needs to, she gains momentum later in her career. Yeah. Jesse, where you at on this one, man? Man, it was a palate cleanser. It was placed, I think, in the right place a little bit. Um, everybody's mega talented, but crowd had nothing left. Crowd was gassed here. I gave it one just because I know both of them are capable of better. But, I mean, the crowd was done after Zane Owens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were spent for sure emotionally. Um, I mean, yeah. Wait, wait, what did you give it? One one beer? Just doing no beer? Okay. I gave it one and a half. See, I'm I'm pretty close to that on this next match here too on AEW Fight for the Fallen. I will say before the match here, we did have a nice little segment for Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. I loved that personally, and um, do you, you know, do you, 
You want to dive yeah. in? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, we, 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 you know, you guys will hear this on Saturday, so we're not having any spoilers, but we did watch Homecoming uh, last night, and I, I liked it. I liked the way they booked this whole, like, let's put him out, because we all know he's just going to film that TV show for a little while, and he's going to come back, and hopefully this time he actually does stick with the black hair when he comes back, because I think that that would be cool. I don't know. I've never, I've never actually really liked Platinum Rhodes, Cody, Cody Rhodes, Plat- Platinum haired Cody Rhodes. Is that what I'm trying to say? I think maybe the blonde hair. I don't, I don't like the blonde hair on Cody Rhodes. I think he so should right. go back to the black hair anyway. So maybe we, uh, we do that after, um, after this little sabbatical, but where do we go with Malachi black now? I think, I mean, uh, Malachi black should go on like a fucking tear and just whoop everybody's ass. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, Black Mass after Black Mass or whatever we're actually going to call it. But, you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen there. But I think that'd be a good, smart plan. He beat Cody, who's like a big deal. And Cody doesn't lose very often. So it'd be wise to keep that momentum going, I think. I agree. I agree. I kind of feel like it's one of those situations where Malachi Black runs through a bunch of different kind of like I wouldn't say mid Carters in terms of matches. I think that he just. You know, he springs up where he springs up. Yeah. Knocks There's no angle right now. He just beats a bunch of people right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that. that you build to the next match over yeah. the course of, like, a good long time. And that next match, I mean, you know, a logical opponent to me for him at this moment in time would be Christian Cage. But I think yeah. you have to build to it, though. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I think he continuously, you know, Christian has his little thing with the blade right now. Not sure how long that's going to last. I think that over time... It goes into that a little bit, and yeah, you know yeah. who knows. And right now they're kind of ha- Christian. They're trying to build Christian Cage as the number one contender, so I can see him maybe like you know he's gonna fight him for the number one spot to go right. for the championship or some yeah. bullshit like that. Why Cody's out filming the Go Paul White show? Yeah, <laughs> Go Paul White show. <laughs> well, speaking of Paul White, where's he been? Didn't he sign a deal? Where's he, he at? He, he does commentary every week, dude. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's you don't right. watch Comment. internet wrestling, do I don't, you? I don't watch internet wrestling very much. But, but he's uh, gonna be on, is he going to be on Rampage? I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's Him and Tony are doing Rampage. I think that's, no, it's that's Tony, that's, him, Mark Henry, and Chris Jericho. I saw the graphic. Oh, my goodness. That's way too many people. Okay. Um. Yeah, so the match here is Angelico or Angelico and Private Party versus Christian and the Jurassic Express. Ugh, I, I wanted to like this a lot, but there was a lot of feeding, and it was a lot of spots, and not a lot of it was fluid. Um, it was, it was, it let me down. I, I felt like it could have been significantly better. It was way too clunky. Um, not the worst, but definitely not great. I, I gave it two beers. Um, not much else to write home about. It was just a kind of a clunkier six man that I don't think was really mapped out well beforehand. And they seemed like they tried to call in the ring and it just didn't work out this time. Um, Wex, where are you at on this six man? It's crazy. I literally have the exact same rating as you two beers because like, it was just like we talked about another six man. You know, this was one of those six mans that was just fucking all over the place. It wasn't really very fluid. Right. It was just kind of, like you said, a lot of feeding, a lot of like just clear bullshit. And even though the crowd was hyped for it, like I definitely think that Lance Archer match was a little bit better, even though it wasn't. They didn't do as more glorious spots, you want to say, like high spots. It was a lot of just simple meat slapping. Sometimes that works. And this was just a little bit wild, but, you know, still enjoyable, still furthered the storyline. At least they did that. So, yeah, two beers. Jesse, where you at on it? This is our our triumvirate. It's two beers. Yeah, oh, I mean, shit. I, I feel like it's the, I feel like this is a unison rating. I mean, I is feel this like the Holy Trinity finally uniting for one, and we're gonna like uh, the planets are gonna align and our. Spirit. It's happened a couple it's times, but it is very it rare. It happens occasionally. It's you know, um, it, that, deserves, that deserves a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. All the same reasons, you know. I thought the Jungle Boy always looks great, but yeah, that's it. Pretty solid. I agree. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's knock these out. We got a ton of stuff still to co- cover. Um, we saw a promo in the back in the Battleground show with Shane and Daniel Bryan and Ambrose. Shane was great. Bryan was pretty decent, and Ambrose was trash as usual. It uh, really is absolutely amazing to me that that dude ever got past CZW. I just don't understand it in any way. Um, Bob Backlund is here with Darren Young as well. LOL. Um, so the match here is Darren Young versus The Miz for the WWE Championship. And man, I will say that 2016 was probably one of The Miz's best career years. Um, and Darren looked super nervous. Like you could just, 
you could see that he was going way too Wait, fast in the, the open. It's for the Intercontinental title, right? Yeah, it's for the Intercontinental I title. I thought you just said the WWE Championship. Oh, my bad. Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> so way. I was like, what? Did I uh, into another dimension? What's going on? But yeah, on? Miz's run with, with the title at this point was great. Oh, yeah. This is when we got those infamous talking uh, smack promos that were great. And while Miz was great as a career guy, he was never a ring general that could carry someone else to a match. Now, he can have great matches when he has good opponents, but when he doesn't have a good opponent, he's not the kind of guy to carry the match, and that's what we got here. I mean, it was like tons of headlock stuff, which I guess is good heat, but really boring to watch. And then they teased a backslide for like 30 seconds as if it's like (laughs) 1973. Like, it was just not good. It was a weird match. Um, Young wasn't ready for sure, and the finish was just awful. Um, it wasn't good at all. I gave it half a beer just because I really enjoyed the Miz's character in 2016, and that's it. Um, that's the only reason why I didn't get it done. But that's where I'm at on it. Jesse, what do you think about Darren Young versus the Miz here? Shit match. Backlund was the only good part. Crowd's still dead. Yeah. One beer. Yeah. Yeah. Wex, how about you? I was a little bit bet. I was, yeah, uh, half a beer. Half a beer is what I gave it. That's I mean. fair. It was cool seeing, like you said, Bob Backlund was the highlight of that match, and the Miz's character during that time, his run with the Intercontinental title was the best of his career, and that's the only highlights. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Let's keep it rolling here, man. Let's knock this shit out. Um, We got a nice little promo from Gage in the back. Uh, The Blondes got a little promo time tool, which is cool. Not great, but they're trying. J-U-L-I-A. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Uh, So it's Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa here. It was short and sweet. Uh, essentially an enhancement match to kind of keep Thunder Rosa on the upward trajectory. The work was crisp, though, and I thought it was a good showing for both both of them. So to be an enhancement match, I'd say two beers is pretty solid, and that's what I gave it. Um, Wex, where are you at on Julia Hart versus um, Thunder Rosa here? A little bit higher, 2.5, just because I'm a Thunder Rosa fan. Maybe a little biased there. And yeah. I thought it was a pretty cool because they this is when they kind of announced she is officially signed as a full-time AEW wrestler. Right. Had to get the win. Had to make her look good. I think this was a pretty solid match. And like you said, even though Julia Hart was like a squash, they still got a little – they get the little rub from Thunder Roses, and she's like the top dog in AEW when it comes to the women's division besides the world champion, of course. Right, 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 right. Jesse, what would you think about Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa here? I gave it three and a half. And uh-huh. wow. Thunder Rosa's pop – Larger than fucking life. Yeah, it was massive, uh, obviously, for sure. Obviously, Julia's greenish, but, I mean, it was very... Dude, Thunder Rosa can carry pretty much anybody, and she just looks so good in the ring. Her style's just so fucking versatile that it's always different. It's like, it's not get my shit in and go. It's always kind of like a rolling symbiotic thing. I don't know. I love it. Wow. Okay. Well, that's the that's fair. I mean, it just... I don't know. I guess I was just kind of in and out on the match itself. I think I was so down from the match prior to it, the six man being so clunky that I just kind of bled into that one for me. Um, But it was what it was. Let's jump back over here to 2016 Battleground. We got a commercial for 2K17, which was dope. Remember when they used to do really cool commercials for their video games and now they don't at all? Like, there was a time where they had badass 2K commercials. Oh, of course. Remember, like, Seth Rollins coming in yes, and Seth with some yes, fire. And, like, dope. the bar one was Stone Sting, Cold. The Sting one, obviously, was massive. Um, yeah, the Terminator one in the bar. Yeah, that yeah. Too. That was cool. And um, then we got a package for the club versus Cena, Enzo, and Cass. Um, so the next match here is Cena, and Cass, and Enzo versus the club. And, man, dude, people can say what they want about these dudes, but they were over like Rover. Enzo Amore was easily a top five reaction in all of WWE at this point. I mean, he is, he's getting top guy reactions. Now, is he a good wrestler? Absolutely not. I mean, trash wrestler, but on the mic, like, I don't know, man, possibly one of the best dudes in the past since punk, I'd say since the pipe bomb, I think he's probably one of the best guys on the mic. I mean, I don't know if you can really, if you like a style or not, but like the dude had lines. I mean, it was really funny, super over fantastic opening promo. And the match was pretty good too. I mean, you don't expect a show stealer from a six man, but it was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. It felt pretty smooth and it wasn't cluttered, which is hard to do. So another instance of, I think um, whoever the agent was in this match, really mapping it out. Well, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was a pretty solid six man, three and a half beers from me. Um, Wex, where are you on um, the Cena cast and Enzo versus the club match? Yeah, like kind of like I, I agree with what you said, dude. Enzo and Cass, that act together was so over yes. at the time. 
And I will agree, Enzo is definitely top eight best talkers in WWE of all time. I don't know where he lands in there. Probably more in like the five to eight range because there's some good ass motherfucking talkers yeah. for WWE yeah. history. But yeah. yeah, he's definitely one of the top guys when it comes to that. His in ring work wasn't terrible. He had his own style, but yeah, he could have you know he could have could have had used a little work more in the performance center. He could have gotten better for sure. Like yeah, he had potential to be a better wrestler for sure. But real one and Dub Morrissey, seeing them team with uh, John Cena and like thinking about where all three of them are right now because they are all three still wrestle, but in yeah. completely different like realms of their career. Yeah, like, it's wild. Not related at all, but yet still related because they wrestle. But yeah, it was a pretty fun match. I gave it three beers. It wasn't anything like super fantastic and amazing. Like of course I love seeing the Good Brothers and the uh, AJ Styles. You know, little, always a little too sweet. A little too too sweet. <laughs> Hopefully we're, I mean, not hopefully, I know we're going to be seeing uh, those two guys in the background behind me about right there. We'll be seeing, uh, there they go. We'll be seeing these two boys uh, on Jesse's birthday coming up here soon. Yes, sir. Captain Dangly and the gun. Jesse, what do you think about the six man, man? I gave it four. Uh, I thought it was dynamic for a six man. Also, the crowd got back alive here, which definitely sold the match a little bit for me. I mean, and a lot of that I think was. Look, that front of the match promo was fucking lengthy. It was very long, for sure. But I think that got the crowd back kind of into yes. – it got them hooked in a little bit, got the energy back up. Um, took – I probably would have rated it higher, but the weird outside illegal men bit situation kind of was like, meh, whatever. So, I don't know, four for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Let's keep it rolling here, man. Let's keep it rolling. We are at the main event um, of – AEW, and the main event here is the is this is the second labor or this is the third labor? I don't remember. This is this would be the second, second labor because yeah. the third labor we should talk about after the second labor. Yeah, we will, we will, we will. Okay, yeah. So it's Jericho versus Nick Gage, and listen, I okay, I love the hype um, for Nick Gage. He's a veteran. I think he deserves the shine. Um, I think he deserves to get this spotlight moment. But I don't think he's meant for this. And I'm not and I'm not I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that as a slight. Like, for example, like put a straight edge hardcore band in a bingo hall and it's absolute magic. It's really cool. Like I want to be a part of that experience. Put that straight that same like subculture straight edge hardcore band in an arena and it's not the same. It's not. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't it doesn't feel right like i feel like he needs to be in a more intimate setting to make his style work i feel like in an arena it it just falls flat like there's just there's it's i don't know it just it's not it's just not a good atmosphere and again that's not taking anything away from gage i think he's great at what he does and i think that what he does is valuable but i think that like you know it's i mean it's we're, we're music guys the same thing it's like you can't have there's certain bands that'll just kill it at exit in but if you put them in an arena it's gonna suck you know what I mean? Like, there's just no way around that. And I think this is a, a prime example of it. Even still, I gave it three beers. I thought it was a really good match. Not my match of the night, but I thought it was good. Uh, hats off to Jericho for doing that kind of thing. At this point in his career, he certainly didn't have to. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty good. Three beers for me. Jesse, what do you think about this, man? Dude, I was way higher. Way yeah, higher. That, that's fair. <laughs> um, I gave it five and a half, dude. Okay. Now, I got to be honest, the only reason it's not a six is just because of the stip, because I know that on national TV, it's difficult to sell what we saw. However, if you talk to the ratings of Vice on Dark Side of the Ring, it's really not difficult to sell. Um, the The story of Nick Gage was sold so well in the matter of like one week to one week, yeah, like a vignette to a show or a vignette to a match, rather, that like. I thought AEW did a killer job with that. And I will say, this was a note that I made last week and again last night. AEW's production level has drastically increased. Like, they've gotten to a point where yes. – because it was a joke at first. Yeah. And the amount of miscues and crazy shit – and don't get me wrong. Everybody's going to have them now and again. But right. they had them all over in spades. And nowadays, yeah. they've, it, in my opinion, they've really, really, really gotten it together. Yeah. The, it, it seemed to me the way that they posed it, they made one guy who – Granted, a lot of the marks know Nick Gage. Most of them do. But a lot of the TNT guys fucking don't. And a lot of the casual right. fans might have tuned into AEW for Sting or Jericho or yeah. Moxley or whoever. 100%, yeah. But That's this, exactly what I mean, actually. <laughs> this came off as a legit fucking threat, though. Even though you didn't know who he was. It came off, like, if you're watching it throughout the match, it came yeah. off as a legit threat. For sure. And it's like, 
I thought they both sold really fucking well. It had me questioning who was going to take it at some points. I was like, man, are they going to let Gage go over and turn this into some, like, schmozzy weird fucking thing where, like, then Gage turns on MJF or something? Like, I legitimately thought that for a minute. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was fucking wonderful. I thought Jericho did a fantastic job proving himself throughout. Also, the avalanche hurricane wanna through the, ga- the glass pane was spot the fuck on. Yeah, it was. It was very and cool. For a man that age to be able to pull that off. And, like, Nick Gage is not necessarily known for doing cool moves and shit, but, like, that avalanche duplex of the Falcon Arrow might have been sloppy, but it fucking was effective. Like, it yeah. looked great. There are a lot of things like that in this match. I give it five and a half, man. That's fair. Wex, what you got on it? Dude, I'm going to bust over Jesse just a second. Just a little bit. I'm going to go six beers on this one. The whole six Jesus pack. Christ. I enjoyed the fuck out of this and for so many different reasons. And I'm going to build upon some of the stuff that Jesse said. Like, talk about the casual fan. Because I know a lot of people who have been watching Dark Side of the Ring who aren't wrestling fans. And so they watched that and, like, knew who Nick Gage was. And I'm like, yo, Nick Gage, like, is going to be on TNT. Like I told them, like, he's got wrestling in, against Jericho prime time, and they're like, oh, fuck it. Like, really? So we have like, – I knew people who don't even watch wrestling who were tuning in who just know him because they like crazy shit on Dark Side of the Ring, and they're like, yeah. oh, fuck, we're going to get Nick Gage. And, like, specifically, I watched this match with my girlfriend. She doesn't watch wrestling. She might watch with me. But during that match, like, she was, like, visibly, like, tense, like, holding me, just like, oh, like, oh, my God. Like, and yeah. I was – and. I've been a fan of Chris Jericho literally ever since I've been watching wrestling. Like I remember him as the Lionheart yeah. on WCW before even making it to WWF. I remember his debut against The Rock watching it live. Yeah. But my respect level for Chris Jericho fucking just went through the roof after this match. Just like he said, he didn't have to do any of this shit. No, he didn't and have Jericho, to do any of this. Like the Hurricane Rana off the top. Ev- like everything he did, I was like, dude – Chris Jericho is a fucking legend. Like he, it he feels like be, a retirement tour. No, honestly, boys. exactly. It, really it feels like a retirement run because he is going all out, yeah. doing the sickest shit. I have so much more respect for Jericho, and I think it this did work as Nick Gage because it's a one-time thing. It's not like he's, and it's like no, no. This, that's what I mean. Like a one not one time is fine, but what I'm saying is like I don't see Nick Gage headlining, being in no, a headlining no. spot in an arena yeah, touring I brand. I, I just this don't think not, that works. He's a special attraction. Right. Yeah. Like. It would work. He would work as a special attraction, like 100. Yeah. Like they could just bring him in, like say, sure. say someone's like fighting to do something. They're like, well, you got to go through Nick Gate. Like that could be a thing, and that that's cool. He's a like a mercenary yeah. who comes in yeah. every once in a while. Like yeah. I think that's sick. But dude, I loved this shit, and I don't know if I can go ahead and lead it into, but the next labor of Jericho, the fourth or the third, the third labor of Jericho, which we saw last night, because this is yes. the day uh-huh. after. Uh, dynamite with, uh, or whatever. The juice. But the juice is loose. Juventud Guerrera got, got up, brother. That was a raisin, not a grape. He, I mean, dude, he was doing. Uh, I will say the match started off a little kind of sloppy, like they couldn't get their footing. But once they kind of started off, the mat, whole match was sloppy, bro. I thought it was awful. I didn't think it was good at all. I, I don't give a fuck. I loved it. I oh, loved. The, I loved. Okay, how about I go in the same get, direction, bro? <laughs> how about? I'll say this. Once we get past – once we get to, like, the main part, like, the basically the, like the last quarter of the match, the story was fantastic. Like, he blocked yeah. the thing to do the walls off the top, and it was like – he was like, no, technically it's off the top. Mother, like, no, come on, get the rope. And, like, the, the story and the intensity of that, like, I will agree, Juventud Garrett, but has, hasn't Juventud always been a little wild, always a little bit a little sloppy? Isn't that kind yeah. of his thing? Kind of, but not to that level. No, 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 no. But, I mean – He was slow, though. Well, Sloppy, you, yes. But okay, slow, slow? no. Like, but you guys agree that the story part at the end was pretty like good. How they sold it. How like, oh, he could have did that, and then the he finished was cool. And then like, he goes the finish, finish, the finish, the finish the the cool. the whole fucking match. Yeah, I agree. I think it was just the, the finish. Effect off the top. I, I love that shit. Yeah, that was, was cool. Solid. That was cool. But that was it to me. And, and honestly, then Wardlow being announced as the next guy, like that to me is a big fart in church. It's like, oh dude, oh my god, I was so hoping that they were gonna do something cool. And then and then Wardlow, like what? Like, I was no. sitting there going, through, I was sitting there going through my mind like, what are they gonna bring out? What are they gonna bring out? And I was like, yeah. oh, I, for for a minute, I was kind of like, Lance Storm, baby, it's wait, gonna be Lance Storm. Like, is, <laughs> this okay. is the fourth labor. Doesn't he have to do a fifth labor before yes. he faces MJF? Yeah. 
Yeah. So the fifth labor, they're gonna get it. They're gonna they're jerking us right here. They they have to do a heel thing to piss us off. Oh boo! He's like, I'm the special punk, guest to punk. the ring. He just wants. <laughs> this is to piss people off. This is a piss people off angle, and they're gonna so reward us for someone sick. Number five. Mark my words, if you're listening to this, fans out there of the kayfabe comparisons, god damn it, I can't even talk. Fans out there of the kayfabe comparisons podcast, if you're listening to this shit right here, listen here, right now, I'm calling it. The fifth labor is gonna just blow our load. It's gonna be sick. You think so? I know. I hope so. I what hope they were so. saying in commentary last night is that the fifth labor is MJF. No, that's they they, they fucked up before. Originally, they said he was gonna have to go through his entire inner circle, and they're like, "Oh, well, no, that's not actually what's going on." So you know, they fuck up occasionally. They said it multiple times on commentary last night that MJF was the fifth labor. So uh, like, oh, I'm that's just, a letdown. I'm, if that's the case, then Wardlow is a big miss to me. Maybe yeah. have somebody else in the work, and it just didn't didn't get it. Just didn't work out. Maybe that's very possible. Uh, Maybe Wardlow beats him, and something else happens. You know, like. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Lame. Let's get I mean, the top, top over here. I was hoping for fucking like. Say, sorry. I was hoping for fucking Sonny Ono and Ultimo Dragon to walk out in that motherfucker. Oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> that would be so dope. I would love that, and it'd be like only submission match or something. Sure. Um, I, mean, I, I thought it'd be. I mean, to be honest with you, it wouldn't have even upset me if like Chavo walked out with Andrade. Yeah. Even though he's already in the company, that wouldn't have upset me at all because they that would have been better than Wardlow for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Chavo and Andrade a handicap match against Jericho. Yeah, and Chavo, you know, Chavo's the Guerrero's history with Jericho goes way the fuck back again. Another thing to build on. Fuck this Wardlow shit. It's fuck it like it. it, Bad. All right. Well, let's let's roll this up. Let's just wrap it up here. Let's get to the uh, the last match on the. Battleground pay-per-view. Before we actually get to the match, though, there is Jericho out, and he has this highlight reel segment with Orton. It's always weird to me to see Orton as a babyface. Like, it just never feels no, right. Dude, Even when he's over. Work, he was over. Dude. He was over. I mean, he was getting pops for sure, but, like, I don't know. It just but feels weird. The only weird. reason he's like, getting those pops is because of the work he put in as a badass heel. That's true. And it was just a lot of crowd baiting, and it fell forever long. Anyway, let's get to the actual match here. It is essentially the Shield mm-hmm. triple threat match. It's Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship. And, I, I dude, I thought this is, an, I mean, like, for the third time in, at this show, in 2016, I think whoever they had running their main um, events, I guess, like, their layout as, as agents in the back were killing it. Because I, I felt like... It. 2016 was Road Dogg on the last year. I think Arn is still. Yeah, I think Arn's the main guy. Anderson, Dean Malenko, which guess who two of those are agents in the W right now makes fucking sense. I mean, I wish I wish Malenko wasn't sick because if you wanted to really pop me on that Labors of Jericho shit. Oh, God. Dude, yes, the fucking thousand holes. How sick would that be? Do you know what they should do? Because, you know, Dean Malenko still trains people. One of Dean Malenko's top guys, like, all right, I'm going to send you out there, and you're going to fucking take on Jericho. That would work. But who? Uh, who? I think Lance Storm would be. I, I would have popped for Lance Storm. I think that oh, would I think everybody would have popped for Lance Storm, to be honest with you. But Or, like, I, there, there's, or there's Storm and Malenko, because they're both trainers, send, like, all right, we're going to send our top students to take out old man Jericho. And they, like, accompany him to the ring, gets a few Gaga shots in the match. Or dude, what if it was fucking like? What if it? I mean, I to be honest, and this might seem lame, I'd have popped if it was fucking Bully Ray. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, well, I don't know about Bully Ray, but I think what I, I would have. I absolutely would have. What if, if it's like the ghost, What if it was the ghost of Owen Hart? What if it was actually Paul White because they have him, and that would make a little sense too. Sarah Show, yeah, that would make sense. But, they would come out but, and just. Beat but Big Show's a babyface, and he said like he's not doing these flip flops yet, so he's staying a babyface. That makes sense in, for him. What if they brought in Teddy Hart for one show? Dude, nobody would bring in Teddy Hart. <laughs> they would rather bring in Nick Gage than bring in Teddy yes, Hart. Yes, of course. That says anything, anyway. If that says anything about Teddy Hart's fucking character, what is they the, would what if it's Nick what if it's Gage. the ghost of Shawn Michaels' hair? Ah. Oh, that'd be a that'd good be a banger. Match. Anyway, back that would have, that would have he, that would have to face uh, Nick Jackson for it to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a good one. That's a good one. Well, look, I thought the layout of this match was great. The agents that helped lay this one out was perfect. I didn't feel like anybody else anybody laid out for too long, and it felt like um, the individual matchups inside this triple threat were 
timed and worked really well. I thought Rollins even made Ambrose look good, which is a really hard thing to do. Um, and I mean, I hated the finish and now I kind of hate Jesse for making me watch it. Cause I was sold that this was when Seth Rollins won the title back, but, um, that's not what happened. So the market in me was very upset. Uh, very, very upset. Swerve, baby. Yeah, that was a swerve for sure. Uh, but I still gave the match four and a half years, easily my match of the night. I thought it was great. Um, Jesse, where are you at? What'd you think about this main event, man? I got to agree that all three were showed off really well. They, you know, well-played history, like the history between them was really utilized throughout the entirety of the match. So it was logically booked to me, which I love. That's one of the, you know, like not having a question, like why the fuck did that guy do that? There were some flubby spots or whatever, but like, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. The one drawback for me on this match is there's a bit too much focus on the authority people and the locker room for me. Like yeah. that whole, like, yeah, it, the whole idea of like having to walk every, four GMs is ridiculous. Everybody yeah. out and the fucking draft shit. And yeah. I didn't love that, but that being said, still gave it four beers. Nice. Wax, what do you think about this triple threat, man? It was my second match of the night coming in at second place at four and a half, just half a beer less than my KO Sami Zayn match. And I don't know if it's because, I like those wrestlers a lot more than I'd like really anybody in this match because honestly, Rollins is the only person that I actually consider a, I'm a fan of in this match because I was never a fan of Dean Ambrose. And when it, and think about it, we think about the the split of this of these guys when it comes to the Shield. Ambrose had the worst thing. I know, uh, you know, fucking Roman Reigns didn't change his music and literally wore the exact same gear or whatever, but yeah. With Ambrose gold trim. Pretty, but Andrew, Ambrose shit was pretty lame, if you really want to get into it. He, he literally had on it. He is lame. He's still lame. <laughs> no, honestly, his new look, I'm digging his new look. He's finally shaving his fucking going bald shitty hair he's had for years. He has the beard. He's looking a little more burly. I think that works for him than this bullshit-ass shit he had going on here. But Bad come over. Email come over. I will say I always hated him, but he's better now than he's ever been. I'll say that. Not saying that's not saying much, not saying much. But they had some cool spots in this match. I love some of those like double, triple team spots, like the Samoan drop to the drop kick. You know, pretty yeah. cool. They had some cool stuff. It was a solid, solid triple threat here. You know, I really wish Rollins would have won the title, but your favorite wrestler, you know, you know how he likes to do. Doing jobs, baby, jobs, and it looks like. I think that Battleground kind of did the J-O-B this week, right? I, I feel like Fight for the Fallen was a better show. We enjoyed watching it overall more, did we not? Oh, I would agree. I would 100%, just like Jeff Jarrett says, 100%. I, I would agree, although— Without, without question. I was pleasantly surprised with Battleground 2016. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah I was pleasantly surprised. You said Battleground 2016. But I do think that I do think AEW did win this comparison, um, but, you know— I wasn't too mad about it, but the things that I am mad about is next week's show. It's just we're going to be shoveling the shit on, boys. Like, be sure to do not miss this one. It's WCW's Hogwild 1996 oh. versus TNA Hard Justice 2006. Uh, oh, it's going to be something. Six TNA. Yes, it's going to be something. I'm going to tell I, you right now, Hogwild 1996 is, in hindsight, like if you bought it, you'd be fucking so mad. But like, but like in hindsight, it is one of the funniest shows to watch back, knowing everything that we know now. And Hard Justice 2006 isn't like a terrible show. It's it's very formative years of TNA, so yeah. it's a big changeover. Like it's right. it's like watching. You remember those uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures that morphed, like that you could change yeah. over, <laughs> dude, yeah, like that. I literally have one of those. In my, right now in my closet that you take the shell out and their head switches to like a turtle. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I have one right there. But I might have to go get it, but I have one. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, the following week I'm pretty hype about. We get uh, SummerSlam 2001, uh, which is a really good show, versus AEW pretty much that week of AEW. So it'll be the debut of Rampage, but we're also going to cover Dynamite on the show as well. Uh, I'm pretty hype. I think we got some, I mean, next week's content is going to be hilarious. The week after that, we're bound to see something crazy happened at Rampage. Am I right? Dude, uh, if not this week, I will say the second episode of Rampage coming from the United Center, home of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And this is titled The First Dance. People are saying it's a guaranteed CM Punk 
Well, it also I mean, could be a, not, it, it could also be just a tie-in is that it's their first time at the United Center, so it's the first dance there yeah. versus Michael Jordan's last dance. But I'm not saying CM Punk won't appear. I'm saying it's not guaranteed. Are we like, saying is, that, is, it a, is it official? Is it gonna, is it confirmed? CM Punk to AW confirmed? Is it official? It is official. Is is it truly official? I think no. it's truly official. I think it is. No, it's not. What about Daniel Bryan? Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. I think they're both official. official. I but I don't I'm not sold that CM Punk is gonna come back and be like a full time wrestler. You know what I mean? Like I like I think that they're both signed. I think Daniel Bryan wants to wrestle, but he's already I mean the whole reason why he didn't sign with WWE is because he wants to do part time. So I think that like he's gonna wrestle. But I think that like people that think are, that we're gonna get like the American Dragon and like CM Punk from like twenty thirteen every week on Dynamite again, absolutely not. That's not yeah. gonna happen. That's, but that's the ridiculous. thing is part time for Daniel Bryan. He's used to working every fucking day of the week. Dynamite or Rampage. Say you work one of the shows. That's once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, it, and if yeah. you don't appear every week, like you said, they appear appear every couple weeks. Dude, that's fucking living easy. I agree. Listen, listen, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of hypeness. I'm excited to see what happens that first week of Rampage because I'm pretty sure that it's going to be hot and heavy. I'm, I'm super pumped. Um, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on all the socials. You can find me at Daniel Daybreak on all the socials as well. Except for TikTok, we are at kfabe.com pod because Wex is an asshole. Uh, Wex, hit him with the scripts, man. Where can they find you? What's your boy? Wex Breaking the Lawson. You can find me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on Instagram, on the YouTube. It's Wex Breaking the on Twitter because I can't fit the Lawson. And I haven't been on Twitter in a while since I got a new phone because I just haven't downloaded the app. But, you know, I'm on there, like, technically. And if you guys really want to get down, your boy is finally on TikTok also at Wex Breaking the Lawson. Got my new, been doing some new freestyle skateboarding, learning some new moves up there. Learning a whole new fucking technique, new style, having fun out there. Yes. You want to see a grown man child do some skateboarding tricks, hit up Wex breaking the Lawson. For fun and I've never had in my life, you want to see a grown man have fun? Subscribe, baby. Get it. Jesse, where can people find you, man? At Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram and at just Jesse Baker on the old Facebook. And as far as anything else, it's all up in the air right now. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Boys, we'll see you guys next week. We are out. Peace.